Blog Talk Radio. This is One on One with Jasper Cole, Hollywood's bad guy, and so much more. Actor, talent manager, producer, and more. Now he's sitting down with today's top newsmakers from entertainment, politics, pop culture, and beyond. This is One on One with Jasper Cole. Howdy, 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 everyone, and welcome to One-on-One with Jasper Cole. We are coming to you live once again from Palm Springs, California. It is a very toasty 106 today. Not that bad, with a very low humidity of 5%. So, you know what? I do love the dry heat. So, everyone, come on out. No, actually, don't come out because... COVID is rampant, and we just, you know what? I'm all about FaceTiming right now. Anyone, uh, everyone and anyone, please go to our website or my website, jaspercole.com. There's a link to the show. You can also go Facebook, uh, jaspercole.com, uh, one-on-one with Jasper Cole. Also, uh, Twitter and Instagram is Jasper Cole says S-A-Y-S. And without further ado, please welcome my co-host, Mr. Ralph Cole Jr. I want you. I want you so bad. Wow. Sing out, Louise. Yes. Hello, Jasper. Hello, planet Eartha. I am feeling rejuvenated. Excited to be here with you again this week, Jasper. It's amazing how fast the weeks go. I know. Every, I know I, we say this every week, but literally, I know it really. This really week, did. I was Thank, like, it seems like we just talked on the show last, uh, like two days I ago. I know. Thank goodness we got it. We had our own private conversation on Sunday because. Yeah. <clears throat> The week before that, and I think maybe the week before that, we didn't even talk during the week. You, like no. things started happening, and then you end up Tuesday, and then it's Wednesday, and then it's the day of, and we're both doing things. And <clears throat> sometimes we don't meet each other, planet Earth, until we're on the air, and I love that. I love that kind of last minute kind of thing, you know, where it'll just be like, okay, two minutes to showtime, and it's like, okay, got my headset, got my coffee, got my pot, I'm ready to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. kind of like if we were younger and on Grinder, you know, when we were swiping left or whatever you do to meet people, it would just oh, be that well, instant. Yeah, Grinder, you know, Ralph, you know what the kids are doing. <clears throat> Tinder, Grinder. Oh you know. my God, all of these fucking platforms. Isn't it just amazing? Okay, to that point, let's just mm. talk about what life is. Life is about the vagina, the penis, <laughs> and sex. And money, that is. Don't you? Like, but don't we think vaginas rule the world, really? I mean, if oh, women could understand how powerful the JJ really is. Oh, my God. It is so powerful. It will grip and clamp on you in a second if you step <laughs> on a line. Okay. <laughs> but, I mean, we have seen, I mean, we see grown men accomplished. I mean, people just throw their entire life away on a vagina for, a vagina. for, for sex. And I mean, I know it's, listen, it's a sexist society and women, of course, are oppressed and all that. But I always thought it was just fascinating to watch how much power women in particular can have over straight men with sex. And I I guess, I don't think it's the same in the gay community. 
because you've got two men and there's no vagina involved. I don't know about his lesbians, but, you know, in the straight world, yep. it, it just seems like women rule. I hear. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I mean, and all the women listening, I'm sure a lot of you will agree. A lot of you will disagree because that's what life is about, agreeing and disagreeing, yin and yang, opposites and what have you. But just like you said, that little muscle between the thighs has brought <laughs> so many – has brought so is many it, Is men. it really little though? I mean – Some depending. are little, some are wide. What you're going to do, take me for a ride. But I mean actually, does, it, does size matter with vaginas like it does with allegedly with penises? I think so, yes, because you got a big labia, a little labia, <laughs> all kinds of labia. Yes, indeed. So, so yes. when I post the show later and I do the hashtags, tonight's hashtags will be hashtag labia, hashtag <laughs> vulva, hashtag penis, Hashtag, hashtag vagina. vagina. Yeah. Hashtag and that's all they need to... That's it. Yeah. We you know what? Gonna... Let's, let's see what kind of... Uh, that's so funny because when those hashtags go out on the web, people <laughs> click on things. They're thinking, no telling what they think they're going to get, and they're going to hear your voice. I know. <laughs> <laughs> and lose their fucking erection. Oh, okay. my God. Yeah. We are totally sick as fuck, and I don't give a shit because... That's what life is about now. And, you know, Jasper, when you think about, like, you can either take life seriously or you can be, be responsible and be a little bit more lighthearted. And that's what I've chosen to do right now because, like I always am telling you every week, we live in parallel worlds. If I listen to the news all day, it's just horrible. I swear that woman, Barbara Ferrer. Oh my God! Oh, the, the L.A. health. She I mean, is such a fucking downer. I mean, her horrible life. What her life must be like. Okay, let's just see what it's like. She, her alarm clock goes off. She already looks pallid and like hell anyway. That frizzed up hair. She clanks herself out of bed, goes to look at her messages, and is like. We've had 400 more deaths today, and 65% of them were over 65 with underlying co- – oh, my God. But next but slide, But she has please. a vagina. She does have a vagina. Yeah, so, I don't know how powerful I mean, hers is. Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> you know. Yeah, you gotta, no, you're right. You got, I mean, it's hard, it's hard not to uh, give in to – you know, because you want to be informed, but you don't want to be like – just paralyzed with fear. But I have to be honest with you. I've crossed a thing now. I'm not, I'm not in fear of COVID. Mm-hmm. I'm not in fear. I'm not being careless. I mean, I'm more careful than ever, but I'm really not in fear. I, I don't I know how to describe that. I decided, you know what, if I get it, I get it and I'll deal with it. And I'll pray that I'm not going to be one of the ones that it kills, but I just can't let it grip me in fear anymore. Right, I know. Yeah, I know what you're saying. I'm a little bit different because of Rose. You know, I just even if you know, I'm always wondering like if I didn't have Rose, would I be a little bit more lax? And I'm thinking, I don't really think so because I've always because you and I both run to the doctor at the first sign of of anything. I mean, we're very up on our our health. You know. Yeah. 
and luckily, you know, I'm very healthy, thank goodness. So, um, but I think I still would be very vigilant. You know, mm-hmm. it's the same way I always was with the HIV virus, always vigilant, always careful, right. did not want to get it. And yes, I know people's attitudes, are, and yours is a wonderful attitude. I'm, I'm not that courageous to have that attitude of, well, we're all going to die of something anyway. So, you know, I just, well, and, not, and, let me, and, let me, and let me say, I'm being a little hypocritical. When I say I'm not, when I'm not afraid, that's, that's with living in the, the, the confines that I've given myself. That doesn't mean I'm going to go get on a plane and not be afraid, right? I mean, just in my, the, the lifestyle I've set up during COVID, you know, I'm, when I go out to the grocery store now, I'm, I'm not afraid. I'm, I'm knowledgeable and I do everything I can to stay clean. But if you're talking about me getting on a plane or if I had to go through airport security or stuff like that, I'd be scared shitless. Right. No, I totally agree with you. That's a really good point because I was having a conversation with a friend recently and this is just the hypocrisy and the dichotomy of how human beings, men and gay men are. My friend is talking to his friend and the friend says, oh, God, I am just like terrified to go to the grocery store, but yet hooked up with three different strangers. Oh, no. From the Internet. And it's like, oh, OK, OK, so you're afraid to wow. go to the grocery market where everybody has to wear a mask, but yet you'll have sex with some stranger girl. In Los now, Angeles. fucked up. I'm sorry. That, I mean, and that's the thing. You know, it's that kind of just like weird fucking attitude. I understand what you're saying. I am, I'm not terrified of getting it only in, just like you said, because you're I'm at home all the time. Your, it's like you're not terrified that you won't survive it. You just don't want to have to obviously risk giving it to your 80-something-year-old mother who Exactly, and I it. don't. And I don't want to get it because we live together. And if I get it, who's going to take care of her? You know, like I don't have a spare to like, okay, you know, somebody else to like, I'll just live upstairs and run its course. I still have to get her up and feed her and wash her daily, you know, so. Oh, yeah, no, it would totally, it would totally change your life. And that's not, we're just not even going to put that out there. But yeah, and I don't want to put it out there. I mean, I'm the same way. I mean, if I, you know, God forbid, you know, if I get it, I don't want to give it to Dennis. But I don't know how couples, I don't know how you wouldn't give it to each other. I mean, speaking of, I want to give a shout out to Jennifer Jimenez and Tim Ryan, who have been doing these great, uh, when they feel feel like it, they've been doing Instagram or Facebook Live postings. They've been living with COVID now for going on three weeks. Um, and it's, you know, they they just they're sharing the journey. You know, they both got it. They're a married couple. They're quarantined in a an apartment together, and it's it's been a nightmare for both of them. Mm. And you know, one day they feel better, and the next day they can't get out of the bed. And the scary thing about COVID right now, it's not even about surviving it. It's the long term potential damage that it's doing to people's bodies. You know, right. there's potential lung damage and blood uh blood clotting and there's jennifer's talking about the the foggy brain and that i i I heard a lady yesterday interviewed she had it 12 weeks ago 
and her concentration is still off. Her balance is off, you know? So yeah. So when, when those idiots are still saying it's just like the flu, it just kills me. Cause it's like, I don't know of anybody that's had this kind of uh, after effects from the flu, you know? Right. And this is why I have to remain vigilant in being very, very protected because there are just too many ramifications of getting it. And you, we just discussed what my case would be, but those long-term effects, those sound so scary to be alone by yourself, gasping for air, not knowing if you could get up to even get to the restroom. You Mm -hmm. know, it's just, it's, it, it's something I don't ever want to have to go through and certainly not Rose. And I just feel like as you and I have discussed off camera, I am very grateful that I don't have to have an essential job that I have to report to. My essential job is Rose. Like right before our show, she's down in the kitchen. She had a lovely meal. We were chatting together. And then I come upstairs to do our show. I'm able to watch her on the camera. And I'm very, very comfortable with all that. And, you know, today, I went out today for the first time in nine days. And but I was totally saddled up. Oh no! Yesterday I went to the medical supply store to get these these new masks. Oh Jasper, I feel like such a fool sometimes. <laughs> these masks are supposedly sprayed with microbe, and that's supposed to def- deflect any virus or bacteria that hits the mask. So who knows? And they're washable. And after one hundred, after a year of washing, then you're supposed to get a new mask. So where did you buy them at? At the medical supply, like where you go buy walkers and stuff. Uh huh. I mean, Pico Medical Supply, and okay. um, I have an account with them because I've used them for years for various things for my father sure. and mother. But um, and like the woman they, who I are they with, are they lightweight and breathable? I mean, are they comfortable? Yeah, oh yeah, they're comfortable. I'm not crazy about them. But I actually prefer the surgical masks. They're just easier to get on. I just plop mm-hmm. one of those on and call it a day. But, you know, like I'm talking to the salesperson who she and I had spoken on the phone. We have a relationship. And she goes, you know, I said to her, I know you can't answer this. Will it really will it really deflect the virus if somebody were to sneeze on you? And she goes, we got to believe something. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and that's the final thing after a while. I mean, I know we can always – there are all these adages we can use like, well, you're going to die somehow. Well, you could go out and get hit by a car. Yeah, I, yes, you can, and that can be totally spontaneous and out of the blue, and you never knew what hit you. I, for some, I feel like I have more control about not getting hit by a car. <laughs> that's just the way well, I listen, feel. I think the key is we have to minimize the risk. And so barring – if you – if you're if you can find me someone that since March 19th has literally if you've never left your house, you've had no contact with anybody, then you're the only person that can say you've been at no risk. Mm-hmm. Other, you know what I mean? Otherwise, it's just a, like Jennifer and Tim were saying, because a lot of people were criticizing, saying, well, you guys were back to work. You know, they're sober living coaches and they had chosen to get back on planes and had flown around the country but, and they were ma- masked up and all that stuff. But then she said, well, we know we didn't get it from traveling because we've been home three weeks before we got sick. But then, you know, we don't know the incubation period. Um, exactly. I mean, they say it's five to 14 days. But, I mean, that's the thing. All this stuff is, is, is still all laced with ambiguity. And you said it the best. 
all we can do is minimize the risk because mm-hmm. there's always going to be a risk. And unfortunately for me, minimizing the risk is not me going to a television set yet. I'm just yeah. not that courageous one that can do it yet. All because of Rose. I'm just, you know, <clears throat> before COVID oh, ever yeah. came along and I would have a cold, if I had a cold, I was so paranoid being around Rose and I would wear a mask then. This was before right. COVID, but I had, I've had, I've just had a supply of surgical masks and that's what you do when you're a physician. And think about it, Ralph. I mean, in the 10 year, the 10 plus years I've known you, I, I think I can count maybe one time. I remember you maybe having a really bad cold, but I've never known you to really be sick. I'm, I'm so, so fortunate. And at my age now, I'm like, God, people have so many fucking things wrong with them. Like even when you hear on the TV commercials about some medicine and all the side effects or what the what these people's ailments are, and they're always given some acronym. Oh, it's IBS, it's PTU, it's dibbity bobbity bob. You know, your intestines have folded in on each other. You know, your immune system attacks itself. It's just like, oh my God. Meanwhile, I'm eating Hostess cupcakes, smoking a joint, eating chocolate chip cookies. You know, well, I mean, you know, being eighty. I mean, for an eighty-year-old, you are amazing. I think I know you. You I, give I'm, other. You give seventy-year hope please you know? i'm so glad to be agile like this i am just tap dancing away i'm doing it for gregory oh. heinz girl i will okay, tap dance. we have to we have to quickly talk about your new deck because we didn't oh. get deck d-e-c-k everyone deck um not not anything else um because we didn't get to talk about it last week ralph is basically you know how you can go to fire island and to a uh a gay bar on the Hamptons on the beach that have the piers. Ralph has basically built a, uh, a party deck, a pier in his backyard with, with outside music. The only thing missing are tambourines and poppers. (laughs) (laughs) It's a tea dance. Ralph is having tea dances on, in his backyard. I have created a tea dance out in the backyard. It's, I know it's like being in fire Island pines. At happy hour, you know, for happy tea hour. And, um, yeah, I am so glad. Rose and I have just enhanced our house to a new dimension because we've lived here for 55 years. And when you would exit our den, you would step down onto a cement porch of a small porch area. And you would immediately turn right, walk down steps into the backyard. Well, I've changed that up. I've always envisioned being able to open our sliding den door and simply walk straight forward into the yard. And now, for 25 feet, you can do that. And it is, it's my new happiness, Jasper. I oh, love it. Oh, amazing. The pictures look great. Oh, my God. I, our worker is so wonderful. I've known him for eight years. He's done so much stuff in our house, and he created it so Rose didn't have to step down. All she has to do is step over the threshold, and she's on the deck. So he, oh, wow. raised, it, he raised it up for her, and it's our, our new future. You know, I will have this deck until I die, and – it's it's a whole new world. I love it because we've been here 55 years, and now I've been able to have something created that's brand new for Rose and me. And 
And don't, mm-hmm. let's not forget. I mean, you've been you've been updating your that house ever since you came back to LA in 2000, 2000 or two thousand two thousand. No, two thousand. For basically for twenty years, you've been uh, you've been updating, getting the house in perfect order. So you're exactly right. And any homeowner knows it's a never ending job. You included. Right. So it's always a work in progress. But yeah, for the last twenty years. I have, and it's not daily, of course. You know, there no, are ways. But it's, been that a, it's, it's been an ongoing. But it's process. an ongoing thing, and it's still going. You know, I'm having a sprinkler system installed in the backyard on Saturday. You know, right. so it's just like, and then I'm having the house. Pretty soon you'll be bathing outside. You'll have showers installed. Oh my uh, God, my uh, friend under, in Mount Washington under the deck, like when you come from the beach. You know. Yeah, you I know. Well, that's what off. my friend in Mount Washington has his outdoor shower. It would be very like that in, at very Fire Island. I remember, oh, all the outdoor showers, waking up in the morning, oh, under the sun, having coffee in a joint, having a fabulous shower. Wow. Oh, my God. Those were the <laughs> days. I don't know if I'll ever get to do that again. But well, thank listen, God. I want to make sure I want to make sure I wish a uh, happy belated, belated happy birthday to Jennifer Bassey and Jerry Lee Davis. They both oh. had their birthdays. Yesterday, and then also Donna Azanaro Tyrone, or D- Donna Tyrone Azanaro, and her husband Ron. Um, they both uh, had birthdays this week. Today is Ron's birthday, and oh, Donna's. Okay. Was, yeah, yeah. So there's all these um, July birthdays. I'm not sure what birth sign that is. I don't know. Well, as Monique would say, Miss Sally. If you're looking under the bed, there's a present for you, Donna Tyrone Azanaro, Jerry Lee Davis. If wow. you're looking at me right now, there's a gift for you in your wow. refrigerator. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, you're mm-hmm. still doing, are we still adding to our, our voiceover reel with this? It'll, still- it'll, it'll, Jasper, it'll never stop. It's my new income now. It's the way I'm going to work out of my home. <laughs> Well, you have home. a you have a professional voiceover booth in your house, so absolutely, and that's why it'll be fun to talk to Nick and Carlo today to find out what life is like on the set. Well, speaking of, so we have two amazing guests today: Carlo Mendez and Nick Thurr. They both are amongst other projects. They both happen to be on the digital drama The Bay. Um, uh, I wanted before I forget I, when when I was talking about astrology. I want to recommend to everyone, if you haven't seen this Netflix documentary about Walter Mercado, um, it's called Mucho Mucho Amor. And do you know who that is, Ralph? He, no. As soon as you see him, you will know him. But in the Latin uh, world and in the Spanish community, he was a, an astrologist, and he was like a Liberace. He was flamboyant with costumes and wigs and plastic surgery, but it is such an amazing, poignant documentary, and it's really a cautionary tale about artists and actors and being careful of the contracts that you sign and the people that you that you let into your your inner circle. But I, I I've been I was going to bring that up earlier. I just wanted to recommend to everyone. It, it's, it's called mucho mucho more, and I guess that was his his signature sign off at the end of all of his shows. But listen, speaking of that, I think it's the perfect time to bring on our very first guest. You will know him as Officer Ramos on the Bay, amongst other things. Please, everyone, welcome the very talented Mr. Carlo Mendez. (laughs) 
Carlos. Hello? How are you? Hey, buddy. How I'm are you? I'm good. And yourself? I'm great. This is Jasper. Say hi to my co-host, Mr. Ralph Cole, Jr. Hello, hello, Jasper. Hello. How are you guys doing? Muy bien, Carlo. Muchas gracias y bienvenido. Coño, coño, qué bueno. Gracias por tenerme. Lo, lo aprecio mucho. Oh, absolutely. Listen, I am working this fucking um, demo reel. I, I, you get your dialect, you get your different languages in. Thank you for that, Carlo. Uh, we will, I will edit that out in post. God damn it. Thank you. Yeah, no, listen, Ralph, Ralph, Ralph is a fluent Spanish speaker. And sadly, after 33 years in California, I, I'm not. But I had, you know, I, I know the special words, you know, puta. Piquito. You know, that's all that matters. <laughs> Just knowing the special words is all that matters. Don't I love it, Carla. Yeah, and in all due honesty, I am not, I, I'm fluent to a degree, but not fluent. I mean, it's not my native tongue, of course. But I like your accent, though, Carlo. And I'm happy to have oh, you here you. on the show. Um, doing my research on you, it'll be fun to have you tell us your stories. Well, it's oh, you thank know, you. well, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Oh, sure. Well, we, we've been so blessed to have you know so many of you great actors and producers from the Bay, starting with Christos and Gregory and Jackie Zeman and Jade and uh, Kira, and we have Nick on later. Do you do you, have you worked with Nick as well, Nick Thurr? Uh, yes, I have. I worked with him on him a couple of episodes of the last season of the Bay. Okay. Well, okay. you know, hey, now he, Carla, he's, without saying, he's up without on the, devo- I'm oh, sorry. I was just going to say he's up on the ranch now shooting, so it's going to be fascinating to hear. Because um, I haven't, I don't know, I don't know about you guys. This is the first actor I know who's actually been back to work. You know, during the during the pandemic, so it'll be fascinating to hear mm-hmm. how it's going. Go ahead, Ralph. Oh yeah. <clears throat> We really have to watch that overlapping, Jasper. <laughs> Carlo, it's just a, it's just such a big joke with us because Jasper and I, we love to talk and we will just talk all over each other and we don't even give a shit. But what I wanted to say to you, Carlo, was um, in case Nick is not listening yet, how was it to work opposite him? You know what? I love Nick. He's such a nice guy. He, he knows his acting. He delivers his lines. Me and him had great chemistry. Uh, nice guy overall and a hard worker. And one of the most important things is when you, you know, work in this industry and the entertainment industry, and as I'm sure you guys will agree, is, is finding somebody you can connect with, you have great chemistry mm-hmm. with, somebody who, yeah. who uh, you know, you can depend on and, and you, you know, they, they, they know what they're doing. And uh, they just, they're great to get along with. It's mm-hmm. very, very important to, to have that kind of uh, uh, that cool buddy-buddy type of thing on set. It's so important to have that because you're going to have a great working relationship together. Well, it's great to hear you say that. And I ask that question because every single person from the Bay who has been on our show has expressed exactly that same sentiment of the camaraderie and the friendliness and the teamwork that all of you share with each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's the cool thing about everybody on the Bay. I, I've been working on this since season one, you know, every, you know, a few episodes here and there, and everybody is so nice, so hardworking, so talented. And uh, it, it's just, it's, it's amazing to be with, with this group of people. I have no complaints at all whatsoever when it comes to them. 
Well, you also, you know, you you the digital drama world. You also worked on the Rich and the Ruthless, right? Uh, Victoria Ralph show. Yes, I did. That was another great show uh, to have worked on. My character was a little bit different on that one, but yeah, that that was another great show that I had the pleasure of working on. And she's such a powerhouse, you know, both as an actress mm-hmm. and a producer, and you know, she was a foster kid. I mean, Victoria has an amazing story probably as you know i mean her she's just yeah a, a force of nature but let's go back i want to talk about you because um so you're cuban right cuban american correct i was born here in la raised in miami of cuban parents and then i moved back out of here to la to pursue acting so um well my miami is such an amazing city and and has its own vibe and creative energy or whatever and did you did you start your creative artistic journey there in miami were were you you know acting when you were smaller or how did this all happen for you no actually opposite uh being in miami it's more of the spanish world and more modeling Mm -hmm. So I didn't really want to get into the Spanish world. I, I was just kind of lost. I was just working dead-end jobs. Um, so one day I, I applied to – I've always wanted to be an actor. That's the thing. I, I've always loved going watching movies, being in the shows. I always wanted to do it. But being in Miami, I was, it's just not, not the place to be. It's not Hollywood. Mm-hmm. So long story short, I, uh, one day I, I applied to be a police officer. I passed all the tests. And I remember, like, maybe I needed two more tests to be a cop. And I looked at myself in the mirror and I said, well, if I do this, I pass. This isn't just a job. This is a career. Mm-hmm. If I become a police, uh, police officer. And I said, well, is, do I want to do this for the rest of my life? And I backed off and I grabbed my stuff and I drove out here to L.A. I love it. Yeah, I didn't, uh, even though I would love to have been a police officer, but I don't think it really would have fulfilled my my well, Arctic. Oh, go ahead. Well, but look at. I mean, now you're playing. I mean, you play Officer Ramos. I mean, do you, now I play Iron, a police officer. Is this the first police officer you played in your career, or have you played other ones? Um, no, this is actually the first one I've played in my career. Yes, okay, it's the first one, and and in no real danger. I'm not gonna get shot at for real, or because I'm a little crazy. So I figured if I would have became a cop in real life, I, I probably would have gotten injured or some crazy stuff would have happened because I'd be the crazy one going first into battle. Going, yeah, so, yeah I uh, got gotcha. you. Yeah. Today, today being a cop is a, you know, it's a tough job regardless. You know, they're under a lot of scrutiny right now. But, um, but yeah. so well, we'd how, have yeah. to be de- we'd have to defund you if you were an officer right now, Carlos. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <So>. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Well, I, you know right. what? If I would have became a cop, I would have been actually one of those nice cops. Like, I would have yeah. let people off. Now, the only thing that I wouldn't let off would have been, uh, you know, this, the disrespect or the bullying. I'm not, the, I'm not mm-hmm. a bully type, but right. I, I would have been one of those cops that – the whole point of being, becoming a police officer, taking a test and everything a couple of times, um, was you de- de- you're supposed to de-escalate the situation. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to – you know, calm the person down. And, and the last thing, one of the last things you should be doing is arresting them. At least that's the test that I had taken because one of the things you have to do is learn how to talk to people, learn how to mm. de-escalate the situation. And I believe, I believe a lot of cops nowadays don't do that. And that's why you have situations 
that arise like that and then people get arrested or fought and, and you, you, have, you see all this police brutality. I know it's not easy dealing with the public, but that's your job. You know, that's right. when you become a cop. It's to de-escalate the situation. At least that's what I believe. Right. You know? Well, uh, yeah, so true. I, I, well, no, I was going to yeah, say, so you know, I, there's, I, certain, there, there's certain police forces that have these, um, like, special, like, the, they call them the mentor units. You know, there are certain, some departments now have, like, um, certain divisions that are just pertaining to mental illness. I think I see the day coming where we're almost going to have to have a certain section a division in the police department that are just called in to de-escalate racial tensions in a situation. Cause it seems like the yeah. blanket across the board training is not hitting the right areas, you know? Yep. I totally agree with you. Maybe one day we'll get to see that. Yeah. Cause something has to be done with all yeah. this craziness that's going on, you know, but, and, and I befriended a lot of police officers that you know, that have become my friends throughout the years living here in Miami and stuff like that. And the majority of them are good and they do agree. You know, they're like, well, I'm here to, right. you know, de-escalate the situation. I'm here to, to solve your problem. That's your, your problem solver. That's what a cop is. Mm-hmm. You know, right. now, of course, you know, if somebody gets out of hand, starts getting physical, that's a different story, of course. But your whole job, your whole description is to de-escalate the situation, you know. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like you know, like Camden, New Jersey, they they basically started from ground zero again and worked the the whole police for uh, built a new force, and now you have like certain neighborhoods have you know if it's an African American neighborhood, you have friendly African American cops who get to know the people in the town, and it's back to the old fashioned days of like you said, like you know the you know your local cops, you know that are in your neighborhood and. It's a much. It's not an adversarial. It's more of a friendly relationship. But you know, every city, unfortunately, every city is not like that. You know, it's 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 just a crazy time. But that's why that's yeah, why we it, just concentrate on show business. Yeah, <laughs> on the exactly. Un, yeah, uh, unreality of show business over here. Um, yeah. Well, um, <laughs> Carlo, have you had to work? Yes. Have you worked yet with our new COVID restrictions? I have not yet. Um, I had a good uh, I, a few projects lined up right before everything happened, and then it got canned. So I have not worked anything like this. I had a, one friend that was telling me that they were working it. They they check, from my knowledge, from they were telling me they check your temperature every three days. They um, they check uh, you do the COVID test. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a real pain in the butt, you know, but yeah, I, my, my career right now is in a complete standstill because there's no auditions, there's no work. And I was offered right before everything happened. I, I already had like a good four or five jobs lined up and now they've wow. all been postponed till all this is over. Uh, yeah, I know. It's just crazy, crazy times. And unfortunately, California, we, you know, we've gone which is strange because we were doing so well in the beginning and now we've gone, I think mm-hmm. we are like leading, ironically, Florida and California, your two, your two main <laughs> states, I guess. I, do you still have family in Florida as well? I do. I do. I still have a, a sister out there. My mom's out there. Uh, so, you know, an uncle, a few cousins. So I still have family split up from here and uh, in Florida. And they're safe. Everyone's okay back in Florida. Thank God, everybody is safe. Everybody's good. Um, my mom, you know, she doesn't really get out much. Uh, you know, 
She just does her little job on the side, but she's always covered up with masks and gloves and everything. Mm-hmm. She's doing good. So, yeah, and, and luckily everybody in my family is doing good. Between family, friends, everybody, thank God, yeah, they're, they're safe and they're doing good. Excellent. Thank, thank God. Yeah, yeah I mean, because that's the thing. We, we've all been, every show we've done, you know, especially with actors, we, we all kind of have this discussion about what, what are you comfortable doing? And, you know, some days I – because I've got a couple projects. One was going to maybe shoot in Atlanta, and I was all like, oh, yeah, no, I'm fine. I'm going to fly to to Georgia. And then, like, two days two days later, I woke up, and I'm like, well, what the hell are you thinking, Jasper? You're not flying to Georgia. You know what I mean? It's like <laughs> yeah. my, my, my brain wants to go do it, but I just don't think it's time, you know, to do it. But, yeah, like I said, like with the Bay yeah. right now um, – a knock on wood, they they're doing really well. They've had no problems, you know. They they really have gotten it down to a, a science, basically. So we're excited to to if we can see more productions like that that don't don't have any missteps, that'll make us all feel, I think, safer about going back to work. Exactly, and and that's the thing. We just gotta be all careful. And, you know, be smart about what we're doing and not jeopardize anybody or anything, you know, whether there's there's a lot of people out there that are not believers, you know, whether you believe it or not, you just just be smart about it. You know, the way I, this is the way I look at it and I tell some friends is because it's unbelievable how there's a lot of people out there who say this is fake. This is not real. And, And the only way that I can explain it to them is like this. I go, look, pretend that the governor, the government is our parents, right? Mm -hmm. Our mom and dad. If we don't listen to them, we don't put on our mask, keep our social distance, and, and, and do everything we can to stop the spread of this, we're going to get punished. How? Right. By the economy not going forward, by jobs are still being closed and businesses and all that. Because even though I'm an actor, I still work at night as a bartender. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I, I, like we're getting punished for, you know, for, uh, for not following the rules because people keep getting infected or people keep testing positive. So it's like, just do the right thing for now. And if we really just, like, tighten our, our belt and really just stay put for a good three weeks or a month, we would have beat this by now. Right. I totally agree with everything you're saying. And listening to you, of course, we haven't met yet. But I would think, and somebody, Jasper, I think had mentioned this to me, you and I will have more of a problem because you seem very gregarious and very energetic and very passionate about life. So you're the kind of person that would want to hug somebody as soon as you fucking see them. And we can't do that. And and we have to retrain our body language to not do that anymore. Jasper doesn't have that problem because he never liked anybody from the get any the fuck way. So, so this, this whole social distancing, this social distancing is, works totally fine for Jasper. But for people like oh you God. and me, Carlo, we're the ones going to be having the problem on the set because I'm very like, hey, hi, oh, hey, how are you? You know, so I'm going to have to relearn yeah. to just like, don't look at me, don't talk to me, and hopefully I can keep my my creative energy going to not, you know, to have to, you know, be nervous that, oh, fuck, can we stop for a second? I just touched my face, you know, oh, fuck, take my temperature, goddammit, you know, so. Well, Ralph, you're <laughs> yeah, not, exactly. you're going to be, I, you're going to be quarantined in your dressing room. You're not even going to be allowed to be out. There's no, there's no more like 
you know, wandering around the set. Oh, so, my God. That's so funny, Carla, because every set I'm on, well, I've always been well-loved. At least I thought I was. Allegedly. And <laughs> Allegedly. I would have so much fun on a set, Carla, because I was like in every department, you know, just saying hi. Hey, how are you? I'm Ralph. I'm working today. Oh, good. What do you do? Oh, you're in the art department. Okay. You know, and I just got to know a few people for the day or the week that I was there. Of course, I love being around craft services, darling. You met so many different people, had so many good food. I had my Tupperware with me. Now those days are all gone. You know, Mm -hmm. so it's just just like it, it takes us from such a social environment now to an isolated environment. Sterile, literally sterile. Exactly. Yeah, and that sucks, and that bothers me so much because I am exactly like that, like you said, you know, and it's like, I, and, I, and I'm honestly like, I'm fed up and I'm tired of this shit. Excuse my language. Yeah. You know, no, I no, want no, life I know. To, to, to get back to the way it was at, at, to a certain point where you can go out and do things and get back to acting, get back to work, do all that stuff, but people are just so hard-headed, you know, and, and, I know, and I, of course things will go back to normal. Things will always get better. You know, right. I truly, truly believe that. But it's like, it's, it's time already. It's like, I, I'm just over it. I'm I, like, I've been quarantined at home for what, four or five months we've been going through this stuff. And it just drives me crazy. But to think that once I do get back on set, you know, if, if we're not 100%, uh, you know, liquidated, you know, with the whole COVID, that I am going to have to be quarantined in my own dressing room or anything like that. Because I am a social butterfly. I am the kind that will go out and talk to everybody and shake hands and hug and, exactly. and get to know people. Yeah, I can tell I that by listening that to you. You see, yeah. I'm yeah. not even looking at you. I've only seen your photograph and I'm listening to your voice right now. And yeah. I could tell that you are a fun, gregarious person. You and I are the kind of people I would see you on the set and we would just have a great time together. You know, we would just 100%. be very, yeah, just totally gregarious with each other, which means laughter, which means spittle coming out of your mouth because we're laughing <laughs> so fucking hard, which means, <laughs> yeah. you know, an arm around each other's shoulder for a quick second or something. You know what I mean? How we all were yeah. and are on a set. So, <clears throat> yeah, it'll be interesting to see what Nick has to say, how their life has been, you know. I have to give them credit for being sequestered and maybe sequestering will be a, a tried and true that will become a staple, another um, entity in, in going back to work. But, you know, you yeah. know, guys like the bold and beautiful, they've been back now since, you know, the 24th of June and they're, they're not quarantined at night. You know, they're just quarantined during the day and they haven't had mm-hmm. any, I mean, that's just, uh, another show. That's, I think one of the only TV shows that has gone back, um, they did get shut down twice for testing, you know, something, there mm-hmm. was a delay, in, but no, no um, infections. And they're not, you know, they're not sleeping there at night. They're going home. So that's encouraging. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's yeah. good. Yeah. Little by little, you know, that's all we can do. And just, again, just, you know, be smart, you know, and, uh, Take precautions. You know, you wear your mask, you know, clean your hands, wash your hands, and just take precautions. I mean, that's all you can do. You, there's only so much we can do, but we can do a lot, you know? Well, right. Yeah. And as Jasper said during the show before you came on air, Carlo, all we can do is minimize the risk. Yeah. I think that's very well said because any – unless, like Jasper said, unless you've been completely isolated from human touch for the last four months, 
there's a risk. I went to Ralph's today, and I want to believe that I was totally safe. I was masked up. I had a face guard. I was very fashionable, of course, but I was all (laughs) like, you know, I was all masked up and everything. I was six feet away. You pass people down the aisle. I mean, you know, a woman and I were back to back to each other, you know, perusing our items. And then I moved away and I want to believe that that's all safe. And like you're saying, we can only, we, you know, it's like, that's all we can do you guys, because we're living in an environment where this virus is constantly swirling around us and we're trying to do everything to, to, how do you avoid something that's invisible? You know, so all you can do is put these masks on and like you say, wash your hands. What I find demoralizing, Carlo, and this is why it's going to be a detriment, more of a detriment to people like you and me, is it's going to take longer. Because when you have a population where Orange County is trying to create incentives for people to wear a fucking mask, I'm like, create an incentive, bitch, wear it or go to jail. Case closed. You know, all of this, like, we'll give you a lollipop if you wear a mask for 24 hours. It's such (laughs) bullshit. You know, I mean, and that everybody and and that so many people have made it political. And it's like, no, my freedom will not be taken away. Really? Well, try being Latino and black and talk about fucking freedom. Okay? if all you have to do is put a piece of cloth on around your face, then just do that. Yeah, you're absolutely 100 percent correct. Look. How many times have we been to a, a, a place where it says no shirt, no shoes, no service, right? Mm-hmm. Now, exactly. does yep. that mean that you're infringing on my rights? No. So, and, and every business has the right to tell you to put on a mask. You don't want to do it? Guess what? You're right. It's a free country. Go somewhere else that Go might not else. have it. But we're going through a pandemic. We're going through a situation where it, it, whether you believe it or not, at least respect what the business is asking, respect what the, what the officials are saying is, Put on a mask, okay? You know, doctors do it for 8, 9, 10, 12 hours. All they're asking is for you to, when you go outside, is put on a mask. You don't have to put on a mask at home, in the bathroom, you know, and I hate those people who say, oh, it infringes on my rights. No, it doesn't infringe on your rights. Oh, it's it not, doesn't infringe not, on anything. Listen, talk to a Muslim woman, goddammit. They wear a fucking mask yeah. all day, every motherfucking day, okay? Yeah. And they're fine well, with it, okay? The other thing is, like, you know, you can't smoke anymore in places i mean that's infringing on you know the smoke is an example that's infringing on other people's uh safety well a pandemic hello i mean how much more serious can we get so it's it's let me ask you carlos so what what have you been doing creatively to to kind of get you through are you doing do you find the time has been good for you because i either hear two things either people are being really proactive and they're like you know (laughs) painting their house and they're completely building a deck or they're just watching (laughs) Netflix. All right. So the first, the first couple of months, I will tell you this, that I was like, you know what? This is actually kind of nice. Um, I've been hustling and working since I was 15 years old, uh, whether working at a job, acting, doing everything I got to do. So the first couple of months where I had nothing to do, I was like, okay, it's, it's kind of nice not having to do anything. Waking mm-hmm. up whenever I want, going to bed whenever I want, but that gets old. So yeah. um, what I try to do to keep productive is I try to stay in shape. I go running, exercising as much as I can, reading a lot of books, uh, reading, uh, you know, about acting. And then, which my favorite thing is, since I'm an actor, is watching movies and watching shows. 
and then I get right. ideas, ideas that I want to, you know, jot down. And during this time, it's really been uh, detrimental to keeping my creative side going, which I do want to kind of maybe start writing, which I never thought about before. But I, I, I am doing little things like that that I'm still working on myself and working on my craft as an actor. Uh, I don't just want to stop. But now it's like, okay, now it's time. It's like, all right, we've been at this for too long. I want to get back out there again. I want to start auditioning. I want to start booking. I want to start shooting. And I know mm-hmm. it's going to take, you know, some more time, of course. But I'm just trying to stay, you know, uh, optimistic and uh, positive and, uh, and continue working on myself and my craft. Have you been doing self-tape? I mean, we'd all been doing self-tapes before the pandemic, but have you had any self-tapes happening? There's just not much only happening. But... Not much, yeah. I only had like maybe two auditions, and that's it. Two self-tapes, and that is it. Um, and, uh, yeah, and that's it. It's been, you know, been really, really slow, obviously. Well, what, is, what, do you think, what is your take as an actor? We always talk about this, the – you know, there are those of us that love self-tapes and could care less if we ever went back in a casting room again. Where are you? Do you, do you like going in the rooms? Do, do you carry the way? Or how, how has it been for you so, on the audition side? Yeah, very good question. Here's the thing. So um, it's got its pros and cons, at least in my opinion. Um, the self-tape uh, uh, pro is that you can shoot five times, six, seven, eight times. You mess up once, you go. And you right. do it again and do it again, and then you submit the best. Um, but also the, the con is you, if you're not auditioning in person, you don't feel that energy. Right. The energy of the casting director. They don't get to see you in person. There's nothing like having a real live audition. But the, right. the, the con of that is, you know, going to an audition is, you know, you mess up once or you flub a line or something like that. You know, they can see that as a negative. So it all mm-hmm. depends. So, if I had to choose, I, I guess I would go with uh, live auditioning because there is a thrill. There is an excitement to that. Right. Not that I can't find that in the self-tape, but they can see and feel that energy. And sometimes right. I think that's what, what makes the difference between you and the, next per- and the other person that they're looking at is get, they get to see you. They get to have a feel for you. I've, I've sat in, in a couple of auditions before auditioning mm-hmm. people and there's nothing like that rush I know, just I watching know. somebody no so. everything you're saying carlo is the exact conversation jasper and i have had pro and con and once again to the point i made about you before of course you'd rather go in and get that visceral feeling i was the same way too i would drive out to radford in a second if i had to you know that's a, a little bit of a distance for me because i always felt that human energy was essential and it was something that i was born and raised with so to take that away it was just weird then when the self-tapes when they were when they were able to start casting from self-tapes and feeling that visceral energy that we gave in the room in person that's when i knew things are changing now and they are doing it both ways you know gone are the days thinking of well you know if i had only been in the room I could have gotten some notes or some direction. It's like, yeah, you know, so. Well, you know, I always say I, I try to, I try to always give us a couple of different takes on the self tapes. Cause like the one thing, like you said, that we do miss by not being in the room is we don't get that adjustment, you know, from the casting director sometimes. Cause they, 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 
you know, they generally know what they think the producers are looking for. So, but I wanted to, before the time runs out, I want to talk about projects that you have, you know, you and Ralph have another connection to a project called Aunt Sissy. And I don't know if Carlo even knows, but you know, we're very close friends with Michael Vaccaro, who Oh, wrote, Michael, yes. And then Ralph was actually originally attached to Aunt Sissy, playing Michael's partner. What was your character, Ralph? Osgood was his name. Yeah, but Ralph had, Ralph had to drop out because of another project, so... So again, oh, no, we would have worked together. We six degrees you of know, separation. You know, we we actually would have because you replaced Danny Arroyo, who played French, yes. and French and our characters had some scenes together. Oh God, we really we totally would have worked together. I would have been giving you a facial in the original script. <laughs> you know, so oh, yeah, that's there, so funny. Yeah, yeah, there were some funny things that um, were going to happen. <laughs> And ironically, Danny yeah. Aurora is another friend of ours. It's just, you know, I tell people, you know, and you know, Carlo, what a small world this business is, right? I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's, you know, here's an example, not just the Bay, but when I was looking at your credits and I saw Aunt Sissy, it's like, well, we, we know Patrika and Renee and Susan Anton and Danny and Michael and Ralph. I mean, you know, there's just so many. How was it working on on that? You guys are finished with that, right? With Aunt Sissy? Yeah, we're yeah we're finished with that. We finished it a, a while ago, and right now they're in um, post production. But it was so much fun. I I'll tell you this: in my little little career that I have so far, the little things that I've done here and there, I've been super lucky. Um, and blessed where everybody I've worked with, I've had an amazing time with, an amazing connection with, and I have no complaints. Uh, and I'm not even trying to be PC about it. If I don't like somebody, I would say, you know what, this person was an asshole. I didn't get along with them, forget them, whatever. You know, I really don't care at this point, you know, no. um, uh, for certain things. I just can't. I'm already too old, you know, to care. I know. Um, Same here. I, everybody I've worked with uh, in, my, in my career, my little career that I've had so far, and God willing, I have a longer career. I've, I've had an amazing time with everybody. Everybody's been just so amazing on the set of on Sissy, on the Bay. Everybody's just been so fun, so nice, and amazing. Oh, great. And, yeah, I cannot complain. Michael was so much fun. Patrika, everybody. Everybody was just was, was, was fun. And it was, uh, it was, we were on a crunch time, too, because I think we just had, like, maybe 10 days to shoot or something like that. It was a, right. it was a quick, quick shoot. But we, we did it. We pulled it off, and it and it was just so much fun, and I and I and I really can't wait to see this because I think it's gonna be really really funny. And one of my favorite genres is is comedy. Oh, so yeah. I, this is something that, I, yeah, this is something that I really can't wait to to it comes out and see it because I know people are gonna laugh their asses off. Oh, great! What's your middle name, Carlo? Uh, my middle name is Alberto. Okay, because I Which saw is, the A wh- and I was just curious. Yeah, so everyone, yeah, that's Carlos a good point. If you want to follow Carlo on Twitter, it's at Carlo A. Mendez. And, um, yeah. or no, that's on, that, is that, that's on Instagram. Or no, is that Twitter? That's Twitter. No, that's Twitter. And then um, uh, on Instagram, it's uh, at C. Mendez 78. Got, got it. Got it. That's right. I wanted yeah. everyone to be able to, yeah. to stay in touch with you and uh, keep up with everything you have going on. So, I mean, listen, guys, you know, that's that's all we can do as performers now is just support each other and stay in touch yeah. and network and 
you know, just stay positive and get, you know, we got to be ready when it's almost like, you know, when you, when you're, you, you go to a shoot and they keep you waiting all like Ralph, when you did your ATT commercial and you sat there literally the whole day. And then it's like mm-hmm. the last, the last hour they call you to the set. I kind of feel like that's kind of how we are right now. We're all sort of waiting, ready to go. You know, we got to, we've got to maintain and be ready when it, when the time comes, I guess. Well, we're be all ready. like firemen, exactly. Jasper. We're like firemen. And you've got to be ready to slide down that pole in a moment's notice. Wow. <laughs> yes, I you got to be gonna... ready and you got to be willing. Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, go on. No, no, go, Carlo. Sorry. Oh, no, I was just uh, adding to that. You know, you have to be ready, just uh, ready to take on whatever comes at you. And, you know, just trust the process, trust and believe that things are going to get better. And that we're going to be able to continue life to the way that we wanted it before or new expectations of it. But it's going to continue, you know, in, in a positive way. And I try to look at it that way, you know. So Exactly. Well, you're very positive and upbeat. You're a joy to have and talk to because oh, thank you, you are. Oh, you're welcome because you are so energetic and focused and passionate. And that's what's going to keep you through. And We'll continue to quarantine because that's what we have to do. You were so great, that analogy about think of the governor like your parents. Yeah. Think about all your brothers and sisters or all those cousins you have that don't listen to their parents. And, okay, that's what we're dealing with, Carlo. Okay. Are those... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. Well, and, I, and I want to say, Carlo, you're very humble, but you don't have a little career. Um, you gonna, have a, exactly. Yeah, uh, you have a you have a great <laughs> career, and it's only going to get bigger and bigger. But I I, I appreciate your you know your humbleness, but You're it's not a <laughs> oh thank you yeah, guys, I really appreciate a, that. It's thank not you. a little <laughs> career. Thank you so much, buddy, for joining us. It's a pleasure to meet you, and of uh, stay safe out there. And hopefully, you know, look, maybe we can all work together soon. That would be that would be fantastic. Yeah, it would be amazing. Please have me on again anytime you guys want. I appreciate this. Thank you guys for even thinking of me. It's an oh, honor please. to be on your guys' show. Oh, and God, I, you I were appreciate so it. And <laughs> thank you guys. I really appreciate it. Stay safe. Stay good. And we're, we're all going to get through this together. It's the only way. And uh, it's going to be when things get back to normal, the way things are, our careers, our lives are just going to go through the sky, through the roof. So, we just got to continue keep going, okay? Okay. God, we need we needed this we needed Carlos's great optimism and passion today. Let me tell you, buddy, you've got so much friendliness and passion in your voice. You really should be a motivational uh, speaker as well. Okay. So, oh, thank, thank you. I've heard that before. <laughs> thank you. Take care. Stay safe. Every thank you. We'll talk to you. Thanks, Carlo. You got it, guys. Thanks. Bye, Oh, wow. He's fantastic, Ralph. Yeah. God, that energy is so explosive. I love that. Yeah. um, Everything he said, you know, is everything you and I have talked about, but he is going to go far. I'm so glad you said, don't say your little career, because I'm like, your career is not little at all, you know, so, and anytime we can book a job in this community is a great thing, you know, and we're all very tenacious about it. So I'm glad you said something, Jasper. Oh yeah, no. I mean, I mean, we all do that. You know, we all are are being humble. But I would say, I would say he's had he's got a a great list of credits, and uh, 
you know, everything's great. I just wanted to say, you know, our second guest, Nick, as we mentioned, he is on set up in uh, above Santa Barbara working uh, on the bay. So I'm just waiting. I want to make sure last week, you know, Nick was going to join us and the shooting schedule interfered. So um, he was scheduled and I'm just, uh, okay, good. He's going to call in. uh, Perfect. He's going to be calling shortly. So I want to just make sure that he was uh, going to do that. Um, anyway, yeah, so I was going to say, Ralph, back to Netflix. So I've been watching, I've been watching, so I've done these deep dives on shows. Um, there's the new Unsolved Mysteries, which they brought back the old series mm-hmm. from from the back in the day, and that's incredible. I mentioned to you the uh, Walter Mikado documentary. Oh, Jeffrey. Mucho, mucho amor. Uh-huh. Yeah, and the Jeffrey Epstein. Um, there's just been so many great things. But listen, I think we are now going to be joined by our, our our second guest who we've been waiting for, who's going to join us now, Mr. Nick Thura. Hey, buddy. How are you? Hey, How's it going? Hey, hey Nick. Nick. This is Jasper and Ralph. Can you pronounce your last name to make sure I'm not butchering it? Yeah, it's Thur. The uh, the last Thur. part is silent for some reason. I'm a weird German, so <laughs> I love it. I don't know. Nick Thur. Nick Thur. No, welcome aboard, Nick. We are very happy to talk to you. We missed you last week, but for a good reason. So we're glad you were able to get some time off today. Yeah, yeah. Sure. I'm glad you guys uh, have me on. How's everything? Uh, how's everything going on on set now? It has been quite an interesting journey. Um, it, it's been great. It's a blessing to be working right now, but there's definitely some new obstacles that uh, we, weren't, we weren't having to tackle before because of COVID. Right. Well, let me ask you, because you're actually our, the first person we both know that it's back to work. I mean, I mean, we know the whole Bay team, and JR, our producer, is also a producer on, uh, on the Bay, of course. But um, – yeah, so I just let me. Is it uh, is it as daunting as we think we think it is, or is it actually going a lot smoother than we probably think it? You know, can? it's it's kind of a, a wishy washy of both sides. I mean, so I'm acting on the show, but I'm also producing on it, so I'm having mm-hmm. to tackle both sides of right dealing with uh, being having COVID, you know, and you know not having it personally, but like. COVID is around and having to deal with that on set. So um, day by day, like we're being, we're being tested uh, once a week. Everybody that comes to set has to be tested in this quarantine until they get the results back. Um, so there's a lot of extra steps and it's, it is a little scary, but when you have such a tight knit group, like we have on the Bay that mm-hmm. we trust each other and we actually are working so well with each other to follow guidelines. Um, it's actually very smooth. And it's almost like we have our own little like we're filming way up in like at a ranch in the middle of nowhere. So it's almost like we have our own zombie apocalypse zone where like right, right. we're safe. We're safe there. Like we yeah. have, a, you know, it's all gated in. Nobody else is allowed on set. Like it's, we, I feel like I'm in the walking dead, but we you know we're in, we're in our zone where we don't really, we still take everything very seriously. Like it's mask on at all times, unless you're an actor like in that scene. And then we still take a lot of precautions for that. Um, but our team has made such an effort to make everybody feel so at home and so comfortable that we haven't let our guard down, but we still feel like we're creating great content in this crazy like environment that we're in. 
Wow, that's really good to hear. Uh, we were very eager to hear it from, like we're saying, from the source. I wanted to ask you, when you say that whoever comes to the ranch has to be tested, have you had delays in getting the results of tests? We've come across um, two times where we've either had to uh, quarantine somebody that, you know, took the test and hadn't gotten the results back, but, you know, was supposed to be on set, so we had to isolate them. Um, and, you know, even shift some things around schedule-wise just to be extra precautious. So that, that's been a huge thing with us is, you know, schedule. Uh, right. It's already tough enough to schedule this many people on a show, but now we're like, okay, we have to move the scene to, you know, another day because we're still waiting on test results. But in the end, I'm like shooting a scene at a later date and having to stay up till 4 in the morning rescheduling things is much more worth it than, you know, jeopardizing anybody's health. So mm-hmm. we will always take the higher route and make sure everybody's safe. Excellent. And are you finding when you're actually um, in the scenes, or is it, or are you guys doing social distance and, and going to edit later? Or is it very, you're actually using, aren't you, is the COVID part of the storyline? I don't want to give too much away. I don't know if I should say that, but. Um, um We definitely, the the way we're shooting it is definitely as safe as we can be. Um, Right. So there is, there is some scenes where obviously actors are supposed to be close and we're kind of cheating those. Some of them, we we have to allow them to get a little closer, but these are obviously our main actors that haven't left set, haven't had contact, have come back negative on their test. So they're allowed to do that. Um, And our storyline, yeah, I don't want to give too much away, but we're definitely yeah, going to tackle, yeah. <laughs> no, uh, tackle some of the bigger issues um, going on in the world, you know, specifically this year. Um, mm-hmm. So you'll get to see some of that tied in and how we handled it, which in some ways benefited us because, you know, we had to be a little bit more cautious with filming. Um, right. And that was kind of part of the scenes. So it worked out very well for us. And and the last question, I swear this won't be all about COVID, this interview, but um, <laughs> is it is it kind of like being at acting camp? Or I guess it's like when you go away on location, a lot of times we're at the same hotel. You know, this time you're sort of – I know how nice the ranch is, and I know the, the accommodations are incredible. So it's probably like being at a resort, you know, um, but it is kind of like being on location. Well, you are on location, um, but normally we would be like going back to our hotel rooms, you know, um, but is that, has that been interesting, just totally different, I guess, or are, are you finding that you socialize after hours on the ranch or is everyone just kind of exhausted and doing their uh, own thing? I mean, to off of staying on the ranch, I mean, honestly, like you said, you've been there, it's, it's a getaway. It's kind of nice. I mean, especially considering the state that LA is in right now, like right. it's nice to get away. We're, we're on our private ranch. Granted, there's a lot of wildlife there. So we're having to like avoid there's, I've seen some snakes. I've seen uh, other critters here and there. So you just have to be aware, but it's, it's, I'm a nature guy. So I love it. Um, we have a few people that are freaked out, but I'm like, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Nick. Okay. Um, Nick, I just have to ask now, when you were like, oh, yeah, there have been a few snakes and a few other critters. Name the critters. Yeah. Um, Coy- coyotes. And- uh, you can hear the coyotes a lot. There's been lizards, uh, deer. Um, I've seen every time. I think I've seen an eagle or two. Uh, let's see. There's also some different wildlife they just have on the, on the ranch in general, from uh, zebra. There's a few African bulls. 
Um, there's horses, llamas. Random. Wow. I mean, they're not wild, but there's some, there's two corgis which are adorable. <laughs> oh, that's, I have a corgi. Oh my god, I love. That's my dog. Um, yeah, well, I, listen, I, I heard we have something else in common because when you said the word critter, you know, we're both from Georgia. Um, I'm actually from Athens, Georgia, and I know you grew up in Atlanta, right, or outside Atlanta. You know, what's funny is, um, so I grew up in Gwinnett, which is the biggest mm-hmm. county in Georgia. It's right next to, you know, Atlanta, as you know. Um, but I actually spent most of my high school years in Winder uh, while my brother oh my went God. to Athens, which is there's neighboring cities. Oh, Winder <laughs> is like, yeah. Oh, my God. Well, you have, like, barely any – I mean, you don't really have an accent at all. Um, but did you oh, – trust me. I, a few uh, glasses of whiskey, and it's, it's y'all and fixing and – Oh my God! It comes out hard. No, what what'll happen is if you if you and I talked for long enough on you know on the phone, we both would start getting more and more southern. That's what happens to me. But um, yep. Had you started your acting career? Had you already started? Well, first of all, I know you were a, a skateboarder, a champion. I mean, quite a well accomplished skateboarder. But where did the did you start acting in Atlanta prior to coming out here? Yeah, I, I mean, I started um, probably to go backwards. I started skateboarding when I was 13, which somehow got me into modeling. I don't know how, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, which then led me to acting. I started acting when I was, I think, 18 or 19 in Atlanta. Um, you know, I did a few things here and there just to kind of get my feet wet. And I came out to California when I was, I think, roughly just turned 20. Uh, so I, I dove into wow. the deep end pretty quick. But it, it's ironic that the year I moved out here, um, Atlanta was kind of starting to boom, but not really. And then, like a year mm-hmm. or so later, everybody's like, "Oh, we got to move to Atlanta for all the big stuff." And I was like, "You got to be shitting me!" <laughs> I know, right? That's what I tell people. I mean, of course, I'm I'm old. I mean, I moved here in '87, but literally, like, you know, now I have friends that have left LA and they've moved full time to to Georgia, and it's so weird. I don't know if you have that same feeling, but it's kind of like if you've left there to come here, it just seems not counter not counterproductive, but it just doesn't, it's weird, right. To think about having mm-hmm. to go. I mean, I go back there to work, but the, I, I don't know. Do you ever think about, would you ever return and live back in that area? You know, I, I, I love my family. I love my friends that are still there, but I, I don't think I could ever see myself living there full time again. It's yeah. Even if it wasn't for acting uh, and, you know, producing anything like that, I wanted to live in California. I just love, I mean, like I said, I'm a skateboarder. I, I like surfing. I'm, I'm just this type of vibe. I mean, right. I think I forget. Well, I was a California girl when that came out from Katy Perry, which is funny to say, I'm like, I'm not a huge <laughs> Katy Perry fan, but that song was like, it resonated with me. I was like, damn, that's my vibe. <laughs> oh my god nick is wrestling an alligator you guys come look you know <laughs> well, well ironically you know ralph is ralph is one of the rare like you know he's actually born and raised in la so um and but but ironically ralph left and went to new york for 20 years you know and then returned oh, so i think i think there's always that thing where we want to leave where we grow up um at some point you know, a lot of people return back, but, but yeah, it is. Yeah. I mean, I mean I'm, yeah, I'm great to see. It's great to see the industry um, booming, you know, Tyler Perry studios is kind of doing what you guys are doing there. Now they're quarantining on the studio lot while they're shooting. Yeah. Uh, they the have shows. everything on that set. It, that set is 
because I, I believe it used to be a former uh, like military spot or I think it was an army uh, army base. Yeah. Yeah, and so there's everything from a train station, like everything's made to be livable there. Um, and Tyler Perry, I, I love everything he's done so far for the community there, and he just keeps giving yeah. back from film to everything else. I'm like, I, that is one thing I'm very proud of, you know, Atlanta, especially Tyler Perry, for everything he's accomplished and continues to bring to the city that it desperately needed for that that side of the industry. Absolutely. Now, ironically, you know, Christos was a skateboarder. Is that just a coincidence? Because you were – you didn't know him, obviously, because you were in Georgia. But, you know, he kind of, no. we had him on the show, and he had a very similar path to acting, you know. I mean, he was skateboarding in Santa Monica, and, you know, it's just a, well, you know, I mean, any kind of athletics is a sort a, a sort of performance in some ways. Mm-hmm. You're, you're kind of performing, you know. You're in, putting on uh, a show. <laughs> you're putting on a show. That's a good way to put it. Yeah, you're putting on a show. Yeah. Um, he it's funny is he's he was very successful uh, even more successful than I was with skateboarding, um, and he for the longest time like I've known Christos probably for you know almost probably a year and a half now or so we keep telling ourselves I was like look bro we gotta we still haven't skated yet together, <laughs> and it's like the only time we see each other we're usually swamped with work or one of us is you know out of the state out of the country and I'm like now we're on lockdown so it's you know you can't even go to a skate park probably so I'm just like man one of these days. Well, is that okay. is skateboarding something like they say you you know riding a bicycle you don't really forget how to do it you 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 try to keep it up you try to skateboard when you can. Yeah, it's been. I mean, it's definitely been a minute. I honestly, that's a big thing with my my acting on the commercial side is I go out for a lot of um, you know skateboarding things and stuff like that. But I, I, it's so hard to keep up with one the younger generations that are skateboarding because they're doing like you know. A, freaking backflip onto their right, skateboard while you're right. going upstairs. And I'm like, oh, what the hell kind of ninja shit is this? Right. You're like the old man. You're the old guy now, like on a, on a walker, am, you know. I am now considered old. Yeah. I mean, Tony Hawk's still riding. I just watched him the other day doing, you know, some stuff. And I'm like, oh, all right, wow. let's look at this. But, yeah, yeah it, it's kind of, it's pretty much, it's like riding a bike. Um, My shins and my ankles would say otherwise from how many bruises they get. But it's, it's still there. And uh, I, I honestly, like, if I know I have something coming up, with skateboarding, whether it's for filming or something, two to three days, you know, at the skate park, I, I'm back to normal for the most part. I'm a little rusty, but I still got it. Still I got it. <laughs> that's great. Yeah. No, that's great. I mean, because it's funny because I see, I live in Palm Springs out here now, and I see, I see, I call it not age appropriate people on skateboards. I mean, I see, oh, no. <laughs> no, you know, I mean, I see really old people on skateboards and I'm like, you're just wearing, trying to wearing a thong. Trying to, like trying to break a hip. You know, what are you doing? <laughs> They're like, on a skateboard wearing a thong. <laughs> if, if they right. can do it, I'm very impressed, especially in the I'm, thong. I give even more kudos to you. On okay. That. Yes, Nick. Okay. That's hilarious. Okay. Nick, I want to ask you because I asked Carlos, Carlo this. <clears throat> What's it like working opposite Carlo? <laughs> <laughs> Damn, I wish I knew what he said. Um, I know. See, it's like being in the secret booth, the the, the uh, soundproof booth. <laughs> um, working opposite Carlo is he's such a sweetheart. Honestly, um, I remember coming onto the bay last season, and I I mean I I knew Christos and Gregory. I didn't really know anybody else, so I was like the odd man out of this this family that was there. Um, 
and, you know, I got paired with him immediately as, you know, we were both officers on the show and he is just so warm hearted. Like I, we couldn't stop talking honestly the whole time. And oh, we, might got, great. we might've got yelled at once or twice during the scene, but um, <laughs> yeah, he, he's just such a sweetheart. And, you know, he, he puts his blood, sweat and tears into his, his work, his passion. Um, and I love his dedication. So anytime I get to work with him, it's always like, yo, bro, like finally get to see you again. So, Oh God, Nick, I just got to simple listening. Best answer ever because (laughs) three of us have used. Especially since he said, um, who is Nick? No, I'm kidding. You're right. He did not. not. Well, Nick, the, Nick, the thing that's so great, three of us have used the word passion with Carlo. And we, Jasper and I had not met him yet, you know, only through photographs and then listening to him. And he's so passionate and um, you use the word dedicated, dedicated, I believe you said. And he Mm -hmm. said so many nice things about you. This is what's so great about asking you to this question. I didn't even know I was going to do it. It just came up because Carlo had so many great things to say about you and you just had so many great things to say about him. And both of you guys are so great just interviewing you and just your outlook and your joie de vivre and, and your enthusiasm. What's, what's, that, Ralph? what's, that, what's uh, that? That's, that's joy of life for oh, my let me write that. That's Jeff. another, yes. dropped another joie de vivre. Let me write that down. Yeah. We do a lot of yeah. vocabulary on here too, Nick. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, I'm, um, I'm white trash, white trash, Georgia here. Let me look that up. Okay. Okay. I'm in, I'm, I'm in that same boat. <laughs> I, I love it. Okay. But anyway, Nick, it's, it was just really refreshing to hear you say that because yes, I put you on the spot. You were like, God, I wonder what he said. And you didn't even need to know you spoke from your heart and it's just, it's so great because, oh, also, I want to give a shout out to Celeste Fiana, because when we yeah. were talking about the different people from the Bay who we've had on the show, we've had all you all on the show. And one thing that's been consistent, Nick, is everybody from the Bay, starting from Gregory on down, because it always starts from the top, you all have such an incredible love and camaraderie with each other. And you said it now, too, about being up on this ranch together. You're all a team. You're all in it together. You guys are the kind of people that I wish, and Carlo and I and Jasper were talking about this. We wish everybody on the planet were like the cast at the Bay. Stay your ass on this fucking ranch until the <laughs> virus is done and then live your life. And no you know, diva. No time and no for diva. diva. Take, take after everybody on the Bay and take after everybody else around the world, except for most of the U.S. Like, yeah. love one another, and that, that'll get us through this because you'll actually care enough to wear a mask and stay isolated. So, um, But on, on what you were saying, too, you know, regardless of what Carlo would have said about me or what anybody would have said, it's all about, you know, I, I had a great experience working with him. I've had great experience working with everybody on the Bay and no matter what set I work on, like it's about spreading positivity because mm-hmm. one, you're stuck with the same people for a long time. So if you guys don't like each other, you're kind of kind of screwed. screwed, but right. you have to be, you know, in a good state of mind to create good art. And that's, that's really what you need to bring to the table. Otherwise, you're going to be a bunch of pissed off people on set together and your art's going to show that. Mm-hmm. Well, let me ask you because you're now producing is, is, um, it's, it's, do you want to do more, obviously more producing? Where do you want to, are you someone, an actor that likes to direct? Do you want to direct as well? You know, I, 
I did direct a few things like smaller. Um, I did a short film called Deceit uh, about a year and a half, two years ago. And I, I mean, I almost, I played a lot of half in that. I was also in it and like we, we won a, a ton of awards. I was very proud of it. I directed that and that was, it's fun. It's great to do. I love to get to flex my muscles on that one. Um, I just don't see that being my, my strong suit, I would say. Uh, mm-hmm. I much rather be in front of the camera acting or, you know, producing. And I've definitely found a love. And that's, that's one thing that I would always stress to most actors is you can't be a one trick pony. That's um, right. Whether you could be the best actor. I mean, you look at uh, Timothy Chalice. I see you say his last name, Timothy Chalice. Chal- I think it is. Chalifant or something. Yeah. Sh- yeah. Yeah. He, he's like a up and coming young actor that, destroys any role he does he's just so good and he's dedicated only to that and i'm like he's one of the very few that could probably just do acting and be fine for the rest of his life but it's like the rest of right. us you could be great but it's like you probably have a mind for producing like if you're not you know just dedicated to acting you're missing out on other things like do other stuff to further your career don't just get pigeonholed into only doing acting because i mean we all know as an actor there's there's not a role every week for you there's not a role no every year for you like you have to stretch your legs and that's kind of why i mean producing i've always been i've done everything from uh i ran a kitchen you know a steakhouse i was you know one of the one of the head chefs in the kitchen i was a welder i've done everything i, I learned to adapt and that's right. kind of what you do as a producer you have to adapt to the situations you're pretty much a fire extinguisher you're putting um, out fires right mm-hmm. yeah and that's basically what i've done every time and i'm like i like problem solving I like mm-hmm. challenging myself. And when you're just doing acting, it's definitely a challenge as, as itself. But again, you're not always given the opportunity to act. You're not always given the opportunity to get in front of the camera. So you need to, for me at least, fulfill uh, that need to be creative and to be productive and solve problems. So I'm definitely chasing both sides of, you know, in front and behind the cameras because it's going to fulfill me most. Well, and also I think it, you know, ultimately it makes us better actors. You know, the more that we're, the more well-rounded life we have, like you said, doing all these other jobs, be it welding, bartending, you know, I I always tell young actors, you know, just, you got to live, you know, you got to experience life. You only only get better as an actor as, as we get older, you know, it's, we beat ourselves up, you know, now I'm going to be the old guy talking, but you know, we, we beat ourselves up because we want to, when we're younger, we want to be 20 steps ahead. Of course. It's just, it's just part mm-hmm. of being younger. And when I told Ralph this, and I don't know how Ralph feels, but when I look back over the last 30 years, all I could say to young actors is just try to really be in the moment and enjoy, because I was always like onto the next thing, right? I was trying mm-hmm. to move up or, quote make it whatever that is and and and, you know what i've learned is you're actually making it the whole time you're doing it that is there is no very right you know so that's and you're i can tell like christos you're both kind of old souls in that way and uh i i have to say i'm really impressed with the younger generation of performers i meet these days because i think you guys really have your shit together a lot more than our generation did. I mean, I think just in terms of... I don't know if I'd go that far. Oh, man. (laughs) Well, I don't know. I think in terms of how you approach the planet and your generation is really so great about wanting to be kind to others and be positive. And I can't say that was really our generation, our experience. Well, no. 
absolutely. I mean, we, when we, our we, fucking we, generation kind of learned up, that, we've kind of learned that as we've gotten older, don't you think, Ralph? No, absolutely, Nick. You're absolutely right, Jasper. What you're saying, Nick. Your generation wears a mask. Our generation chooses not to. Okay, I'm yeah. not saying everybody in our generation, but it's what Carlo and I were talking about. It's like, what the fuck? Put it on. Stop the disease. Move on. But no, mm-hmm. our generation has to be ensconced in, no, you're taking away my freedom. You can't tell me what to do. You guys are all like, okay, fuck it. We'll live on a ranch for two weeks, whatever. You know, yeah. it's like, you know, th- there, there are different mentalities there. And you're not but even for saying But even in, you know, even in show business, like looking back, just in the way young actors day, today seem to be so supportive, I – I kind of came up through a ranks of it's like, this is mine. No one's going to get it. You know, I'm not Very sharing it. I'm not h- helping you because it's going to take away from me. I mean, I'm being, I'm making generalizations. Obviously not everybody was like that, but I don't know. I just, it's just a, it's just a common thread I'm seeing. That's one great thing about getting to do the show is talking to all different kinds of performers and generations. And, you know, I think, I think millennials and Gen X, I think all these, all you guys get a bad rap at times for, well, you know what's out there. I don't have to repeat it. But mm-hmm. the point is, I no, think, and, especially in show business, that you guys are very generous with each other. Yeah. Even when I started in, in, you know, in the show business, like it's, you know, oh, God, 10 years ago now, like I started getting into it. It was that way very much. Like I had a manager that was like, you know, you go into that room, you don't become friends with anybody, you know, they're your enemy. And I'm like, (laughs) you know what, if they get to roll, they get to roll. Like, I'm not going to, you know, try to stab them and, you know, pop their tires on the way out. Like, I'm not that guy and you shouldn't be. And a big thing I think that's changed, uh, I would guess, I mean, as you guys said, you know, the younger generations versus, you know, the older ones is a lot to do with the internet. It's the sharing of information, the, the, the stereotypes, the walls have been broken so much more. And, Honestly, like, I mean, you know, Jasper, like being from Georgia, uh, the South is very mm-hmm. conservative and you have mm-hmm. a certain way of like perceiving things. I was, you know, a, a very much a Southern boy. I was, you know, stuck to my ways of, you know, my surroundings. Right. It was not until I, you know, I grasped what was going on around me. I started, you know, exploring the internet. I started actually traveling, you know, the country, then the world. I became enlightened. And now it's just like the more, you know, and the more people, it's, it's not even educating yourself. It's just meeting people. Exposure. That is a nice way to put it. Exposure to those around you and that everybody, while they're, while they're different, are very much the same. And yeah, so God, that's you what, said that that's great, man. That's yeah. really great. That's really well put. It's so true, Jasper, which is it's exposure. And the exposure becomes familiarity. And that familiarity mm, yeah. makes you not racist. And not judgmental because you're just you you accept the difference and you don't let the difference bother you. And that's Very something that so. Nick knows about growing up. And I guess it would be any small town, but you know, if you don't leave your surroundings, if you don't, if you stay in your your comfort zone and you, you don't really know any different, you don't learn. I I think you kind of owe it to yourself, especially now with the internet. You. You know, I don't think you can use that excuse anymore about, oh, I, I didn't, you know, I, I live in Georgia, so I didn't know any better. But, but um, yeah, I mean, I was going to give a shout out to like my, my stepdad. He grew up in uh, Sylvester, Georgia, which is, you're oh. looking, yeah, I mean, yeah, you probably know that's way down there. You're heading toward the border of, you know, Florida. That's south. 
his, yeah. nearest, his nearest neighbor was, you know, 10 miles away, and there was, you know, farms and everything. Most southern guy you could think, you would expect him to be, you know, you know, a little bit of a conservative, a bigot, you know, whatever you might think of, you know, those small town type of people. He is the most accepting, loving man, you know, I've ever mm. met. He, you know, he knew me when I was 13. He knew I was, you know, at the time I was, you know, in the closet. And, you know, later on, he was like, dude, he's like, I knew I didn't care. I loved you. Like you're, you're a person. And right. a lot, I've seen, I've seen him change over these past, you know, 15 years that I've known him. Um, a lot of it has been, I would say, I don't want to say thanks, thanks to me, but because of yeah. being in his life, I've gotten to expose him to more things and, you know, made him more worldly. But he's also, you know, taken advantage of the internet and, you know, gotten right. to meet Thank people you. and talk, oh, you know, Nick, I just got goose pimples. Yeah. yeah. No, he's, I mean, that's amazing. I, I love him to death. Well, that's it, I mean, you exposed him, and he became familiar, and now he's and and, he, and which made him not a racist. Sorry, Jasper. No, I know because we yeah, only I have know. a minute left. I can't believe it's going to cut us off. But I wanted to to say to Nick, <laughs> you know, I'm in the I'm in the same way. I was fortunate that my family was loving and accepting, and and uh, you know, I've been married to my partner. We've been together twenty three years now. But there, you know, I don't like that stereotype that happens in. In Georgia. So what I want to say to you is I applaud you for being who you are and for being so impressive. Um, I, I, please come back on the show. We have so much more to talk about, but the, we're going to get a hard cutoff shortly. So I wanted to make sure <laughs> everyone follows you on social media at uh, so N-T-H-E-U-R-E-R-92 on uh, Twitter and on Instagram. Your tell What's your Instagram? It's the same one, thankfully. Same one. Oh, well, the hell? Well, there actually, we your Instagram is Nick underscore Thur. Oh, no, that's, that's, no. that's a different one. That's not oh. right. Oh, okay. Well, there, well, thank you for Oh, I'm so well, Thank that. you for clearing that up. Yes. Well, Nick, it's <laughs> I, actually, you know, I think it's backwards. I think, I think the Twitter one switched around. It might be the other way, but yeah. Okay. Well, listen, give our best to everyone there. Ralph, thank you again. Everyone have a safe rest of your day. Nick, we'll have you back on soon. Stay safe on the uh, the ranch. Take care, guys. Bye, bye, Planet Earth. Thanks for checking out One on One with Jasper Cole. Check out past episodes and get the latest as they're released. Subscribe today on iTunes, Stitcher, and YouTube.